0: friendly podcast. To celebrate the podcast's first milestone, our 10th episode, I had the pleasure of learning all about the Hero Rats, and dogs, of Apopo. If you don't know about these rats, you're in for a treat, and if you do, I know you'll enjoy hearing more details of their work, past, present, and future. The Hero Rats are African giant pouched rats, and with their amazing sense of smell, They're trained to detect the presence of buried landmines and similar remnants of war, so that these can be removed and huge areas of land made safe again. Not only that, the rats can also detect TB, tuberculosis, from sputum samples, which speeds up the diagnosis and treatment of this terrible disease. Anyway, I'll let Emma tell you all about it. So we're here today with Emma Mortaboy, am I pronouncing that right, Emma Mortaboy of the Apopo uh, organization. So I guess the best thing to do is start off by telling us what is
1: Apopo, what does Apopo do? Okay, so a core vision and uh, values really are to save people through scent detection technology. So that scent detection technology is a really kind of horrible, rigid way to talk about our animals who are a huge part of our family. Um, we want to effectively deploy you know the most cost efficient methods to be able to rid the world of landmines and tuberculosis at the moment, and we of course use rats. Now, these rats are not your average rats. These are actually Christomese and Sorgai. So they're African giant pouch rats. And they are huge, probably about the size of a cat. They're free roaming around sub-Saharan Africa and therefore considered a bit of a pest. So using them and their amazing sense of smell, we're actually able to detect landmines and also tuberculosis. But I'll go into more details on that later on. (laughs) But That's our core values, effectively. And also on top of that, what we do in an existing way is to research and develop new ways that we might be able to use our hero rats as well.
0: Yeah, that's the whole thing. You're expanding all the time. So we better start with the detecting that. Oh, yeah, I was reading that they're, what is it, giant pouched rats. And I did, where are the pouches? And it's their cheeks. It's their the cheeks. cheeks. <laughs> so like, when you say a rat can put a whole banana in its cheeks, you're not kidding. Not they- kidding.
1: <laughs> Our amazing communications manager, Lily, she's based in Tanzania at headquarters. So all of our hero rats are actually born and bred in Tanzania. Um, Every single Friday, we do a full cheek Friday, which is hugely popular on social media. Just to explain, full cheek Friday is when the rats have a feast. At the
0: end of the week, there's a bunch of food laid out, banana, fruit and nuts, and the
1: rats can have whatever they want. They are like mini hoovers. So it's all gone and it's all in their cheeks. At the end at the end of the video they have nice round cheeks and then they kind of go back to their their nesting pots and uh and hide it from their friends
0: <laughs> yeah i was saying what happens it's all in their cheeks and then what they go and stash it and stash in. it yeah <laughs> i love those videos they are they're so addictive because they're just stuffing this food in and they're so happy and you're going those rats have the best
1: life <laughs> they are so well cared for i mean actually yeah i have to say one thing about going to tanzania last year it was absolutely brilliant to see everything in real life you know but actually more than that I'm a huge animal lover and I would never work for an organization that was not absolutely you know in in love with the animals that they're working with in some way and it totally cemented that for me the care and the love that these rats get is phenomenal (laughs) honestly everyone has their favorite they are genuinely part of the family And then when they retire, so their whole lives are spent with us. We have these huge retirement cages and pens. And if they've got friends, they'll be allowed to hang out with their friends and just play with them in their retirement years. And they continue to play and have enrichment, health checks, and they get to eat whatever they want when they retire as well. So it was really it was really lovely to see all of that firsthand and just know for sure that actually, you know, animals are at the heart of the organization and their welfare.
0: Because I think people are, you see that on social media, people are very concerned about how are the rats being, you know, and I read one thing. So the rats are being used to help detect for landmines. And people are asking, you know, do the rats get blown up? Which, (laughs) let's get to bed straight away. The rats do not get blown up. My goodness. It never even occurred to me, but it obviously occurred to somebody because it was on the social media. Um, No, the rats are too light to set
1: off. Landmine. absolutely so five kilograms is about the weight which would set off an unexploded remnant of war or a landmine our rats weigh a maximum of I think about 1.7 for the heavier males and no animal in the entire history 25 years of a popo has ever even been harmed like, we would never ever do anything that puts animals in harm's way
0: that's quite a boast isn't it 25
1: years No, that's great Whenever I tell people about where I work, half of the people do say, kamikaze rats. I'm like, no. So people do seem to think that we're sending rats out to their to their peril, but we are definitely hundred percent not. <laughs> so there are there's quite a number of videos showing details of how they get trained and then
0: how they work. So would you like to sort of explain a bit how are they? It's clicker training, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's positive reinforcement. When the pups are born in our headquarters, they initially are left with mum just for the first four weeks. We don't interfere at all. Mum does all the work. Um, Then it's really important that we start socialising them and habituating them. So that means that we have to get them used to things like noisy car engines and driving, lots of different people, hubbub of sounds and kind of footsteps and things dropping. So we we have Uncle Albert in Tanzania and he's kind of uh, leads the way in how we socialize and habituate all all of our rats. So it starts off with that so that they are incredibly friendly. From that point onwards, we do the clicker, and it's just simply hear the click, get a food reward, and hear the click, and it's that Pavlos dog kind of thing. And then we start graduating to a tabletop where we might have a couple of tea eggs. A tea egg, in case you don't know, is a small hollow metal
0: sphere with tiny holes in it. You can put tea leaves into it and put that into hot water and brew up a lovely cup of tea, or in this case, you can fill it with TNT which is a type of explosive.
1: One tea egg might have TNT in and a few of the others might have chamomile in. And the rat will be intrigued. Rats are curious. So actually they're perfect for this. So they've got a hugely sensitive sense of smell and they will indicate there's something there. They kind of show, they're kind of interested and they might scratch at it, but we do not click on the chamomile. We only click on the TNT. And they soon learn to distinguish, so actually it's that scent, whatever those compounds that they're they're sniffing in the t n t that equals food, and then we move them onto kind of ground level soil training, and then in Tanzania, we have these huge training fields um I was lucky enough to see them, although I have to say it is really strange to stand in an area that you know is safe, but that there are landmines, it's really strange feeling. Um, and then they obviously have to work out in those environments. That's why they have to be used to getting in the car, being driven somewhere, being transported in their travel cages, and then they work maximum about 20 minutes. and when they pass all of those little stages, they can be deployed and that's for just the landmine detection, the TB detection similar in terms of the just the food reward and when they find the uh the tuberculosis samples so similar similar training technique right and
0: of course they do have to be
1: socialized because they are going every you can't have them getting a fright with every little thing that they're prey animals and you know actually some it depends on their personality as well some of the rats are really bold and outgoing and you know they're perfectly suited for mind detection But we might have like a really shy rat in there that is still kind of just not quite as brave as the others. And they might be more suited towards tuberculosis because actually the the laboratory work is in a more confined space. It's quieter. And, you know, they're just not being travelled, and you know, moved around so much. So we usually find an area in which a rat will work, even if they're not confident in one particular area. So, but you're right. They need to get used to all of that.
0: (laughs) And um, what you were saying about the the landmines i've since I've kind of been researching this and you know learning a bit about you guys, I've started thinking that I go for a walk and I think I just take it for granted that I can just go for a walk in the woods or whatever, and it's really such important work you know it makes even if you have an enormous area, if there's only one landmine there, that whole area is off would- because you can't you don't know where is it
1: exactly and actually. We introduced technical survey dogs and they are amazing at expediting land release. So that's a really good example. Um, Our head of mine action, Michael, will say something, I think it's something like 3% of an area will actually have landmines on it. But as you say, you know, that whole area is contaminated, so people can't go onto the land. But the dogs actually really speed up that land release. So dogs are trained slightly differently. They're trained to sit and then their backpacks will point upwards and they're trained to sit one metre away from the centre of explosives. So when the backpack points upwards, the dog handler can see that change on the uh, GPS and then they can mark a one metre square around the dog and know that in that area somewhere there is explosives. And then we only need to clear that tiny patch of land and bring in the rats and just find that particular piece of whatever sort of explosive it was. So the dogs and the rats work in beautiful, you know, sort of harmony in that respect. And we get to release lots of land really quickly with the dogs. So
0: that's, that's a good segue because the first, the very first episode I did was out with search dogs, search and rescue dogs, which was so much fun. Um, But I learned that the dog works with one handler and that's it. You don't swap around the dogs. But the whole point of the rats is you can swap around. Anybody can learn to work with the rats. They are deployed to different areas, a little gang of them. (laughs) And then they they come in like, hey, ready to go. And you, you train
1: people as well to work with them. Exactly. So we always employ locally. So if we're working in Cambodia, for example, we will employ from local villages. A lot of people actually are quite keen to help. You know, they've lived in in fear of these unexploded remnants of war for their lifetimes and they want to help and be involved. Um, Or it might be Angola or South Sudan. And once those people are trained, they have to go through very rigorous training, whether or not it's um, just handling with the rats or it is actually the task of demining itself which is incredibly dangerous and then once they've reached that level and they're fully accredited you know it gives them skills as well and we have um people that sort of travel around now and train other people in other parts of the world which is really fantastic so we're giving people sort of locally the opportunity to to help in their own situation as well as earn money and you know learn skills for life really yeah so so let's go on to the tuberculosis then because I
0: was reading about it and I didn't realize that tuberculosis was so prevalent and, and so
1: dangerous, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, before um COVID, it was the world's deadliest respiratory illness. It actually, because of COVID has been set back hugely because lots and lots of people have not been going to the clinics and getting their screenings. So some of the most high burden countries in the world are, you know, in Africa and Asia. Um, we're currently working in Ethiopia, Mozambique, and Tanzania to detect tuberculosis. And we have quite a lot of clinics actually in each of those operating countries. And actually, during COVID, we use we have motor mopeds that we actually shuttle the samples between the clinic and to the laboratory and we were actually shuttling around COVID samples helping during the pandemic as well so in any way that we can help we will but yes you're absolutely right it's really important to bring tuberculosis back into focus for people because I think obviously COVID in some ways has set it back but it's also a really good opportunity to kind of highlight to people that respiratory illnesses are still out there and killing people Every single day, I think every single hour, a child dies. So it's something we really need to be mindful of. One of the founders of Apopo,
0: Bart Wiegens, has done a TED Talk. And when he talks about the rat's ability to detect TB, well, you can hear the audience reaction.
2: Just as an indication, whereas a microscopist can process 40 samples in a day, a rat can process the same amount of samples in seven minutes only. A cage like this... A cage like this provided... would actually like to say, you may think this is about rats, this project, but in the end it is about people. It is about empowering vulnerable communities to tackle difficult, expensive, and dangerous humanitarian detection tasks. And, doing that with a local resource plenty available. So something completely different is to keep on challenging your perception about the resources surrounding you, whether they are environmental, technological, animal, or human, and to respectfully harmonize with them in order to foster a sustainable world. Thank you very much.
0: I asked Emma about the time it takes to train a rat compared to their working lifespan and also the advantages of using rats versus technology.
1: I mean, one thing actually about the rats themselves, it's really key, is that they live to sort of about eight years old. So that training, even if it takes a full year, somewhere about nine months is the average, um, it's a really worthwhile investment because we have probably about five, six years of working with them before they start slowing down or might want to retire. So it's a really worthwhile investment. And yes, they are super sniffers. They really are. Their olfactory sense is absolutely amazing. They find on average 40% more tuberculosis samples than just microscopy alone. So let's take Ethiopia as an example. You know, there might be a lot of power outages or Wi-Fi might not be quite so stable as it is here. It's really expensive to run samples on GeneXpert. Just the cartridges for these particular pieces of equipment are really expensive. So they just have a microscope and they can often just be using that in a situation, then those samples are sent to us. Every single one of those samples, whether or not the microscope has said it is TB positive or TB negative, everything gets sent to our laboratory and our rats will double check it. And on average, they find 40% more TB samples. They're then double checked using World Health Organization standards uh, to say, indeed, that is the case. These are all TB positive. And what we've noticed actually, and I think the this is why it's 40% average, is that our rats tend to pick up, I think it's about 70% more for children th- than microscopy. And we think that might be because kids aren't able to produce as much sputum mm-hmm. as adults. And so the TB compounds aren't quite as prevalent, but nothing gets past our rat's noses. So pretty impressive.
0: <laughs> it's really <laughs> impressive.
1: Okay, so let's
0: <laughs> you obviously you have great enthusiasm for it you've been out there and how long have you been working for them I started or in February form- coming to it
1: yeah so I was actually working in charity for in charities for sort of maybe about eight years and I saw this job come up and I knew that I wanted to work for a popo I just knew because I had heard about a popo I think about five years ago it was just a news article it was well before McGower and his medal I'm just going to butt in here to say that we will hear more
0: about the wonder rat Magawa later on.
1: It was just an article about these landmine sniffing rats. And um, it was in 2018, actually, we as a family went to the Gambia and we saw a large pouched rat um, running around. And I was going, there's a video of me and it's just this black dot. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, they sniff landmines. And the family's going, "Mm, hmm, OK. So I knew all about a popo. And then when I saw the role come up, I was just so excited. And I was, that was, you know, one of those moments where I was like, I am going to get this job. <laughs> I really wanted it. It's its a
0: topic. I mean, I've said it to a few people over the last few weeks. No, I'm going to be talking to these people. And some people know, but other people are like, what? It really grabs people's imagination. I find people sort of say, but why can't they use a metal detector? So, of course, there's a good reason. A metal detector picks up everything. I found that interesting it picks up everything. So you're constantly going, Oh,
1: beep, 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 beep. Whereas the rat is right. just so, he's like, I know what I'm looking for here. <laughs> exactly. We've got a statistic on our website and it is kind of an on average, but our, our rats will work for about 20 minutes in the morning. We work to their cycles because they're nocturnal. So it's the very early start. We'll get out into the field, wherever the task is. And each rat will work for half an hour maximum. And we can clear something the size of a tennis court in about 20 minutes with one hero rat. And if you were a manual D deminer with a metal detector, that could take up to four days. Because as you say, just the, the average normal amount of kind of like can lids or kind of just a screw or something in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, I had one guy
0: it was uh, he's letting his imagination run free and he was like well why don't they fly in a helicopter and drop a whole bunch of rocks and set off the landmines oh. well, aside from the whole expense of getting a helicopter to do this you don't know if you've set off every one so if there's only one land no. left and I was saying to him I was like they've been doing this for 25 years I think they have it down <laughs> they've got it fairly yeah
1: and I think he would think twice if he, he saw how close people live in proximity to these landmines as well, yeah. because, you know, people, a lot of people do avoid entire areas, but other people, actually with the pandemic, it, it really heightened this issue because people were traveling back home from Cambodia, um, from places like Vietnam, they were coming home, people were put into positions where they were desperate, and they were having to use land that they knew wasn't particularly safe. We have farmers whose cows occasionally get blown up, they know that, They know that there are landmines out there, but they have no choice but to continue to farm as the best that they can. And you would be surprised how many landmines we have found so close to homes and schools. And it is shocking. It's shocking. So we wouldn't do that. And actually, when we when we have it depends on the type of um, landmine, uh, but we actually move a lot of the cluster munitions together and detonate them in one area. We don't want detonations across the whole of the country willy nilly. You would definitely kill people, we would definitely decimate land. (laughs) That is not that is not part of our core values.
0: Besides making land safe for people, Apopo are also working to clear the Sengwe Wildlife Corridor, which connects two national parks, the Kruger National Park in South Africa and the Gonorizhu National Park in Zimbabwe. The landmines here have been in place for four decades and pose a serious threat to wildlife such as elephants, buffalo, lions, and wild dogs as well as the local communities. Both the Kruger and Gonarezhou parks have about 11,000 elephants each, and it's vitally important for the long-term well-being of the species that the two populations have safe access to each other to mix gene pools. The landmines also scare away safari and conservation-focused ecotourism. Kruger National Park has a thriving tourist industry and these visitors could potentially travel along the Sengwe Corridor and into Gonareju Park with enormous economic benefit for Zimbabwe.
1: So the Sengwe Wildlife Corridor is hugely important. As you say, we have lots of very large animals like elephants every year crossing. Um, the biggest issue that we've got is the elephants actually are really clever. So they will, they will recognise where the area's are that are dangerous and what's happening is that they are becoming closer and closer to humans so it's causing animal human conflict so it's kind of another sort of little layer to it not just the dangers you know of the mines themselves and the impact on the animals if they tread on them but also some of the more intelligent species are now kind of causing issues conflict with those villagers that perhaps don't want them tracing through their farmland so, yes, we, we're we working in Zimbabwe to clear that wildlife corridor. Um, but as an organisation, I think animal welfare is just hugely part of what we are and our core values and our mission statement anyway. So, obviously, the rats themselves, we take really good care of them. So, just recently, we took in, a, I think it was four pups that were found in a garage. One of our researchers, our head of research and innovation, uh, Dr. Fass, was called... We've got these rats. We're like, yes, we'll take them. And they actually, they're going to join our training cohort. Why not? Um, but we're also using the rats. And this is um, very much in the research stages to detect wildlife products. So in shipping containers, we are going to be working to, yeah, The we've so far been really successful and the hero rats are positively identifying pangolin scales, hardwoods and other wildlife products. Um, So that is a really amazing project that will be really transformative. So eventually what we want to be able to do is get to a place where they've just got vents in these shipping containers and the rats will just be able to tell from sniffing or opening the doors. You know, they can get into very small, tight places so they can kind of if there's something in that shipping container that should not be there then we're very hopeful that our rats will find it. So far, the results have been amazing. Our rats are doing brilliant things. So that's kind <laughs> of
0: to prevent smuggling
1: and... and exactly. Yeah.
0: As you can hear, Apopo are always looking out for new ways in which the Hero Rats can be deployed. And another innovation is to use them in the aftermath of earthquakes or other natural disasters in order to search collapsed buildings. There are videos online showing the rats wearing little backpacks going about this endeavor. So I brought this topic up next. I loved because I read I read the article for you training for earthquake victims to check out. And they have the little smart backpacks yeah. on. And like the longer you watch this video, the more you sort of think that that's Tom Cruise. He's just like <laughs> 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 It's just so brilliant. <laughs> so purposeful and they're like yeah I'm going in here and he's jacket on and I just love it but it's that curiosity that you mentioned they will dig in I think it was one of the search dog people said that you really want a dog that just won't stop that's so curious oh, yeah. everywhere and you're like "Will you cut it out
1: so <laughs> yeah. rats do they just go anywhere they're like I gotta figure this out exactly and when I was there actually it was um we've built a train debris site in Tanzania so it's kind of just a big building that we're going to fill with lots of uh, debris <laughs> and it's slowly being filled up and the rats are still training and it's going to take a while for all the results to come together and you know really try and replicate that kind of pancake model of a building collapse and uh, as you say their curiosity means that they are going to have to get into small nooks and crannies and they will do it willingly the one thing that we have been um, thinking about is what message that backpack plays because if you're crushed in a building collapse and a rat pokes his nose out You may not necessarily be. You don't need to be there to rescue you. Exactly. So it's sort of trying, I think the team were trying to think of a sentence that could be played that would be quite reassuring. So please do not panic. I'm part of the search and rescue team. But then I don't know whether you think you might have a mild concussion or something. Instead, that is talking to you. but yeah they are they are going to be much more effective than than even robots just because they can get into the tiniest nooks and crannies yeah so
0: i think this is one of like you're like really highly ranked by global giving charity navigator that's what that's what i love about it if you give money to you and I, I bought a few rat christmas presents and people are delighted They were, yes. at first they were saying what is this Did you buy me a rat <laughs> are you crazy <laughs> and then and then when they read it they said, "Oh, it's so cool." But like every dollar or euro that you guys get, you really put it to good use." Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. We don't we don't pay stupidly high executive salaries. We're really proud of the fact that of every or 90 cent for every dollar or euro um, goes directly to the work that we do on the ground, which is a really amazing statistic. I know in the UK, I think the average is about 83%. So 90% is phenomenal. So yeah, if you if you donate to a popo, we really make that money work and you genuinely are saving lives. Um, and you guys have different ways, like you've got
0: donations, but I I love your gift and your your merchandise, the little T-shirts with hero rats. Yeah, I'm really going to encourage people to just browse the website because there's there's different the different yes. ways of giving gifts, and it it's a great conversation. At this point, we discuss the efforts being made worldwide to try and ban landmines.
1: So some countries are trying to ban landmines. Yes. There is something, it was set up in 1997. It's called the Ottawa Treaty. So that is a mine ban convention. The whole point is that you're not supposed to stockpile, lay, sell, produce landmines in any way whatsoever. Lots of countries have signed it. However, some of the big players have not. So China, Russia and the US. And once all of those people have signed it, obviously, I think we will see more change. There is a kind of a whole sort of movement to try and rid the world of landmines by 2025. So landmine free 2025. Uh, and then we have situations like the Ukraine, which is, is obviously meaning that we are still probably going to be working, removing these remnants of that war. Until everyone signs that Ottawa Treaty, I think, you know, we're not going to get to a place where the world is genuinely landmine free, but I would love to see every country sign that treaty and then the work that we do is final and that's it. You, you kind of want to be put out of business there and then you can go on <laughs> to your other your other work. Tuberculosis still and possibly other diseases.
0: Um, and the fact that you are exploring other things. Um, yes. Oh, yes. I, I did look at the, uh, the TED Talk, your founder, yeah. talking about how he came up with the idea. But do yes. you want to just talk a little bit about it? Yes.
1: So Bart was, this was back in the mid-90s. He was studying product design at Antwerp University. Um, he actually went over to Angola and saw firsthand when you visit these countries, when you see landmine victims, it is horrifying. When Bart was a little boy, he used to love rodents. He used to actually breed them. So breed rats, mice, hamsters, I think even squirrels at, at some stage. And he would sell rats and things to friends, family, pet shops. It was just kind of a little a little bit of an earner for him, but he loved rats. He knew how clever they were. He knew how good their sense of smell was and actually just how easily trainable they were. So he's in Angola and he sees all of these rats everywhere that are considered a pest. He sees a problem. (laughs) He kind of goes back to Antwerp University with with this novel, very novel idea. And thankfully had a supervisor that was like, yes, let's do it. So Bart and Christoph set up this project, they proved the methods, Um, they brought back a rat from Africa and proved that the concept works and then in 1998 we set up our headquarters in Tanzania and obviously we haven't lived back since.
0: (laughs) It is, it's that real lateral thinking of putting together two things and coming up with something completely mad but brilliant and that it works. well. I promised we'd get back to Magawa. And so, let's hear about this hero of Hero Rats, who is the first rat ever to be awarded a PDSA medal, which honours animals for life-saving bravery and devotion in military and civilian life. Here's a clip from his awards ceremony.
3: We've honoured animals for their intelligence and skill, their loyalty and devotion, even laying down their lives for the people they love. But such acts of gallantry aren't only found in war. For those animals who show life-saving bravery and devotion in civilian life, we award the PDSA Gold Medal, the Animals George Cross.
0: Magawa is a true hero rat, and we're thrilled to celebrate his life-saving devotion by awarding him the PDSA Gold Medal. Magawa's medal has been specially designed to fit onto his work harness, so he can wear it anytime. As mentioned in the film, Magawa was trained by the charity Apopo. And I'd like to now hand over to Christoph Cox, their chief executive and co-founder, to formally accept Magawa's PDSA gold medal.
3: I must really say we are very honored. Personally, I'm working here for more than 23 years and it's the first time one of our animals is awarded with such a prestigious award. It also means a lot to our partners, for example, the Sukhoi University of Agriculture here in Morogoro, Tanzania, where our rats are trained. It means a lot to our trainers because they are working day and night to get the best performance out of our hero rats. For us, it's very important also that PDSA brings the landmine problem to the attention of the wider public because landmines still terrorize the lives of so many Cambodians and other people all over the world. We hope that we can solve the landmine problem in the next five to ten years. But it needs the engagement and the support of the wider public. That is also why this award is very important for us. Therefore, on behalf of, of our team and on behalf of our people, I really want to thank PDSA for this excellent opportunity and this great award. Thank you
1: very much. But that's not the only recognition Magawa has achieved. So there aren't many competitors in this particular uh, field, but Magawa has the Guinness world record for the most landmines found by a by rat. So like I say, not much competition there in the world, but he was an amazing hero rat working in Cambodia. Um, he won, it's the equivalent of the George Cross medal from the PDSA. So that was actually in 2000 and he died last year it was it was beginning of last year so we were all really sad um in actually in Tanzania they have now named a street after him which is really <laughs> which is really sweet and he yeah he retired probably about 6 months before he died he started to slow down but he is held the record for the most landmines ever found by any of our hero rats What's interesting is that the adoption of Magawa automatically updated to a different hero rat in Cambodia called Ronin, and I think I think Magawa has helped train these uh, this cohort of new rats when they arrived actually in Cambodia, because um, the expert rats obviously know what they're doing, and it's a good way to kind of get the new rats on board. But Ronin, his replacement, as it were, in terms of the adoption animal, is doing really, really well. So it may be that he overtakes Miguel, which would be really quite crazy. But oh. yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing, like I love your Facebook and your
0: social media because you really get the sense that each rat is unique. They're like, oh, that's whatever. And she's always taking loads of stuff. And oh, that guy goes crazy for peanuts. And and hearing you talk about them, you obviously know them as that little character and that guy. And and of course, there's no um, one of my first thoughts was like,
1: is it? girl or boy rats and there seems to be no difference which is kind of cool it is absolutely actually something else about men and women actually when I was like in Tanzania this was lovely this was great thing to see but I mean I'd say about 50% of our staff now are female and we have a lot of women that work within the demining arena as well which is brilliant Whilst I was in Tanzania, we were accrediting a new cohort of handlers for the rats. And the woman that uh, performed the best was actually, I think, probably about six months pregnant. So I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're all about sort of equality and diversity. And uh, yeah, because the- of course, there's all that um, w- we've talked about the animals, but there's all the demining,
0: the actual technical yeah. stuff as well. So people are quite brave to learn but
1: i guess they want to clear away these these things and if you speak to any of our d miners i think the first time that they go onto a minefield there's always a there's always a corridor that's cleared and the first time they step foot i mean it, it was like i feel ridiculous on a training field to feel the same way but their heart is in their throat and, you know, but at least they do realize that, you know, we have so much sort of, um, health and safety policies around, you know, kind of making sure that every T and, you know, is yes. crossed and I is dotted so that there is no chance of any accidents and they soon gather their confidence and, and work quite quickly. But yeah, the first time I think we've interviewed a few and they're like, the first time we step foot on that minefield, there is no feeling in the world like it. It just terrifying.
0: <gasps> yeah. yeah. In November 2022, Apopo had their 25th birthday, and their friend and advisory board member Jane Goodall sent them birthday wishes. Hello, this is Jane Goodall. I'm sending very warm birthday wishes to Apopo. For 25 years, Apopo has been training giant forest rats, or hero rats as they're known, to detect landmines buried under the ground, and the earliest signs of tuberculosis. I'm urging you now to support the continuing work of Apopo and its wonderful hero rats. Thank you. So there's hero rats, hero dogs,
1: and now even hero trees. We had the idea to kind of offset some of our carbon. Obviously, we travel and we deploy the hero rats and they're using aeroplanes. And we also use machinery to cut down vegetation. If we do ever cut down vegetation, we never cut down trees. That's one thing that I should add. But it was just an idea or a concept to offset some of that carbon um, it has grown it has grown since then our headquarters in Tanzania is in Morogoro. now that is in the foothills of the Uluru mountains which is you know a mountain range of huge ecological importance We have lots and lots of farmers and villages scattered across the mountains that are using very old-fashioned sort of methodologies towards farming you know slash slash and burn and things like that so what we did is set up this project in partnership with sustainable agriculture Tanzania sat to basically plant trees but not just plant trees plant trees in a way that gives people food throughout the year so we have something called syntropic farming. And you will plant sort of higher level trees than lower level plants. And what it means is that, you know, throughout the year, something will be in bloom or, you know, fruiting for you so that you can eat it. While something else perhaps is dying back. And then that's giving lots of mulch to the land and improving the nitrogen, the carbon and the quality of the soil. So we're teaching people how to farm with the environment in mind so we're not just reforesting the environment we're also giving people the opportunity to you know provide their families with food possibly even make an income with the food selling it at market Um, But more importantly, we're improving the ecosystem in the Uluru Mountains and that soil quality, which in turn improves the water quality. And that has a huge knock-on effect throughout Tanzania, even down as far as Dar es Salaam on the coast. So it's actually a really environmentally important project.
0: You're just like, you're trying to find good wherever, where can we do good? (laughs) I think we've covered everything.
1: Well, just to say about the adoptions and um, the hero gifts, there are actually three hero rats up for adoption. Um, Yeah, one of them, we've got a new um, adoption package where we're following Baraka. So Baraka is actually still currently in Tanzania. He is a couple of months old and you are asking about the training. So if you're adopting Baraka, they genuinely get to see Baraka's training to become a mind detection rat. In real time so that's a that's a, a lovely adoption and we also have carolina the tuberculosis sniffing wonder rat <laughs> and uh also ronin as i say who replaced magawa in cambodia and ronin is an amazing hero rat he is finding so many landmines so yes you can adopt any of those three rats and every month you will get an update on their work as well I'm so with them
0: it's just wonderful even as a as a sort of a spectator it's wonderful to be involved and to learn about them and follow up and I so I have have to say thank you to my mum who said why don't you talk to those guys
3: there
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I think that's it um thank you so much and I hope this is a job for life for you because you're oh yes (laughs) into it thank you Samantha lovely to
1: talk to you thank you so
0: much best of luck and keep up the good work Those adoptions that Emma talked about can be found on their website apopo.org and it's only 9 euro a month to adopt a rat and support her or his training. That's 30 cent a day. Incredible value to support life-changing work. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and do feel free to check out some of the links in the show notes and watch videos of the hero rats in action. My thanks again to Emma and all at Apopo. And thank you, dear listeners, for joining me for these first 10 episodes. So far, so good. See you next time.